your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle Empire. So let's talk about the off season because. Come on, man, catch up to me. I've been there for 10 days. Yeah, as far as the conference is concerned, we're all there now. Big thing, so of course, we'll talk a little bit more. We'll do a slightly more thorough post-mortem roster analysis, recruiting type recap. As we did last season, That once we get into Big Ten 2021 and we start talking football, we'll throw you a quick little basketball thing in that. We also kind of need to let these rosters have some time to simmer because Transfer portal is is spinning. Very is it? Does it spin? Is that a good word for what the portal does? And that's a compare. That's like mixing metaphors with the coaching carousel. It goes. Transfer portal go burr. Um, indeed, not burr. Whir. Burr. So, <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever sound or you know, motion the transfer portal makes. It's just just a lot of it, just going full tilt right now. So there's really very little sense in us talking a whole lot. I know what sound it makes. I know exactly what sound it makes. All right, give me it. You'll listen to it in post-production. Oh, okay. Well, that's so fun. All right. (laughs) I'm I'm on pins and needles. Now I'm very curious to find out what sound the transfer portal makes. But anyway, about all we can say about the big 10 next year is three teams are going to look very, very different because Indiana, Penn state, Minnesota all fired their coaches, I guess, in Penn state's case, I don't know if you technically fire an interim coach or if you're just like, yeah, bye. Um, did not retain Jim Ferry, which I don't know that he necessarily did anything to earn this job. And it kind of felt, this is just an impression from an outsider, but it kind of felt like they were, he would have had to like win the conference or something for them to keep him. Um, they're going to do a search elsewhere. So we know that whoever took over at these three jobs was going to have substantial roster work to do because in the aftermath of all three of those coaches being let go, basically everybody who was any good or had any experience on any of these teams transferred immediately. Uh, the one notable exception, I guess, is that so far I have not seen any update on Trace Jackson Davis's status he felt like a pretty safe assumption for the NBA draft to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's technically true that he's still on the team and hasn't declared that Indiana does still have Christian Lander too, who didn't really play a whole lot this year after reclassifying, but we're not going to start there. We're going to start with Penn state because they pulled the trigger on their coaching hire first. The hiker Micah Shrewsbury, which is an awesome name. Probably got to be top tier in the Big Ten. I mean, is old there, Shrewsbury. Is there a better name in the Big Ten right now? I'll give you Underwood because it's a very House of Cards ish type name. Thunderwood. Yeah, so that's a good one. But Shrewsbury's up there. Um, to give a little bit of bio, because obviously, plenty of you, know, you may have heard the name in the context of him being a Purdue assistant, but. He is a lifelong state of Indiana guy, almost. Um, I believe born and grew up in Indianapolis. Uh, I would like to make a correction. I saw something earlier that I, I, I wanted to. Christian Lander is, in fact, in the transfer portal. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, 
<laughs> I was looking at the transfer portal just before we started this up, and so, yeah, so Christian really, Lander's in the transfer portal. So really, the entire Archie Miller era was for naught. <laughs> She's so pissed. I'm not gonna have anything. Uh, well, okay, okay, we'll get to Indiana a bit. So, yeah, thank you for the correction, though. I I tend to just stumble through this. Most of the time, my research is like three or four days old, and in the context of again transfer portal going brr. Uh, you're always out of date if you're not checking every 10 minutes or so. So anyway. I did see also um, uh, from uh, Siena University, Gary Harris Jr. is transferring. Boy, don't you feel old. Oh, man. Time makes a fool of us all. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? We're going to see how many episodes in a row we can find ways to tangentially mention Gary Harris. Um, he was a really fun guy to watch at MSU. But anyway, <laughs> so Shrewsbury, lifelong Indiana guy, um, attended Hanover, very small college, started coaching at Wabash and then DePauw, had a brief head coach stint at IU South Bend, and then gave up the head coaching thing to become an assistant with Brad Stevens. When did you was... just say Wabash? What did I say? Wabash. I don't remember. I'm, I'm says Wabash. Man, I don't give a shit. I'm running off a list of like six of these colleges in a row. It probably it's a is, river. but I also had the pronunciation of DePaul in the next two syllables to focus on DePaul. and not call it, to not call it DePaul. So that's kind of where my attention phonetically was in that sentence. Shit happens, man. DePaul uh, is like, I've always thought of it as like, you know, DePaul's like dog university. I got so much literature from them in high school trying to get me to go there. Did you, is this, was this just me? Were they just targeting mid-Michigan for some reason? Because I did not get any. By weight, I probably got 20 pounds of DePaul literature when I was a junior in high school. And it was, I had never asked for it. Don't, at least not that I recall. Uh, They came, they gave me the full court press. Like they were sending the offensive coordinator to my house um it interest was serious it just wasn't the destination for me and i tried to let them down easy and let but you know i appreciated the hustle and that they kept they kept showing me the love um but ultimately it didn't work hey out man what's hey. important is did you put their hat on the table i did not put their hat on the table i had a lot of hats on the table. that's not true i basically had two hats on the table it was either msu or wisconsin and i Decided not to take out a six-figure loan to go to undergrad. So um, the in-state tuition it was, but all of which is to say in the context of Micah Shrewsbury's career that, yeah, he coached at all those places and then got really his move to the big time was with Brad Stevens in his big run of success at Butler. Um, Stevens then leaves college. Shrewsbury goes to Matt Painter's staff, then goes to the pros to reunite with Stevens for a couple of years with the Celtics. And then the last few years, he was back with Matt Painter. So, so it kind of seems like the idea is, since everybody's been trying to hire Brad Stevens since he was at Butler, now you just want to get somebody that has some Brad, that, that like has gotten some Brad Stevens on them. It's the equivalent of everyone trying to hire Sean McVay's like next door neighbor, thinking that, well, he, he probably talked about football with him at some point, right? Like that had to have rubbed off. Let's hire, let's just hire the guy. I mean, we're going to get it's the McVeigh tree kind of in a way, if you think about it in the way that the trees in McVeigh's yard are dropping stuff onto the neighbor's yard on the neighbor's lawn. So he has to clean stuff up off of McVeigh's tree. Like that's better than getting the tree, you know, McVeigh's own assistance. That, that's 
So yeah, that's maybe a little bit of what it feels like. I think this is probably more about Shrewsbury's time at Penn or at Purdue, but either way, it's, you know, and, and we'll see. I don't know that he's made staff hires yet. If he has, I have not updated myself on that. I don't really care that much, but uh, I was thinking before they made this hire that there would probably be need to be some kind of effort or there should at least be some kind of effort to maintain the pipeline into Philadelphia that Chambers spent basically his entire tenure constructing, even though in the end, maybe the results weren't what they were hoping for. But that's not to say that there was no value in doing that work. And to let that kind of go to waste would be, I think, a mistake if you expect a new coach to basically start all over and break into a much, well, I won't say more crowded, but a differently crowded recruiting bed in Indiana where you have local powers. I mean, you've got Indiana, Purdue, Butler, and Notre Dame all in the state. You've got the rest of the Big Ten heavily recruiting Indiana, combing it for the frequent five stars you get, whereas Philadelphia, a lot of teams there, but you know, it's just a different sort of thing with Temple and Penn and even Villanova than it is with the entire Big Ten centered around your state. So from a recruiting perspective, he would be, in my opinion, well-served to try to either retain or find a new guy who gets who keeps that Philadelphia connection. Well, and Purdue yeah. fans, Purdue fans were very high on Shrewsbury. Uh, I saw a lot of Purdue reactions to this with like, you know, that thought he was a pretty important part of what they've been doing lately. And obviously, you know, everybody thinks highly of their assistant coaches. It's just like, it, it seemed like an unusual amount of praise for an assist for a basketball assistant coach. Um, yeah. As far as be, you know, not just being a recruiting guy, but, you know, also being part of like developing strategy and such. Uh, the other thing is if he wanted to start that Indiana pipeline, he could go to the transfer portal and grab Indiana native <laughs> Jalen Coleman lands. He, well, he could do that. I was the way I thought you were going with that is he could go to the transfer portal and grab half of Indiana. Yeah, grab roster. Indiana's <laughs> entire roster. Yeah. That's also a thing he could do. Yeah. Um, so the other, the other kind of upside play about this that I like is that Shrewsbury is only 44. Um, and despite his relatively young age, he has been involved with coaching now for about 20 years. So he's relatively young, but he is also experienced. There is a decent chance that if you pay him appropriately and he succeeds, you could have him for 10, 15 years. And if you're in a position where at some point Shrewsbury is getting poached by, you know, Indiana or North Carolina or whoever, then you, he've probably had a successful enough run that you're like, okay, now, hopefully, we parlay that success into getting a guy who views this as the stop and not a stop. So that's the that's the the hope, I suppose. Well, I mean, you 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 say that, but Illinois did that with Bruce Weber, and uh, yeah, we very much sure. valued his. I'm never going anywhere else. Uh, yeah, and by far the most likely outcome is they fire him at some point. Yeah, that's that's by far the most likely outcome, but there's that's also true of everybody yeah there's reason with his experience his sort of position as this being his first big time coaching shot like that i think that matters to some guys so we'll move on now to 
a hire that I got to say makes kind of less sense, which is Minnesota. So after an underwhelming, shall we say, eight years out of Richard Patino, Minnesota dismisses him. He's quickly hired away by was Mexico or New Mexico State. One I I think New Mexico. Um, so they they sent Richard Patino away. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because New Mexico State has made the tournament a bunch of times. They they still have their coach. Um, moving on from Patino, Minnesota decides, look, we're going to turn the page. We're going to move in a different direction. Totally refresh yep, the thing around here, and we're going to hire former Patino assistant Ben Johnson. I don't get it. Um, he, after leaving Patino's staff a few years ago, had moved on to an assistant position at Xavier. And so, with all the resources that membership in the Big Ten affords them, being the flagship and really only major basketball school in the state of Minnesota. That's right, MN Wildcat. I'm just totally erasing all the other. I'm I'm disrespecting the Bemidji State basketball program. Um, all those resources. You wouldn't in. dare say that to Mankato State's face. <laughs> I I wouldn't know where Mankato State is, so I I would have a hard time doing it. But they have all those resources, and like we're, now we're not only are we going outside the Power Five in the context of basketball. This is understandable. But you're not poaching Xavier's head coach. Rather, you're taking an assistant who previously worked for the guy you just fired. Um, okay, I, you know, again, <laughs> this is what I'm trying to keep in mind as we talk about all three of these hires, and we're going to get to this in a minute, which is that the hire really of the last 15 or so years I can think of that felt like the surest thing on paper was Archie Miller, and we saw how that worked. <laughs> so. Um, who knows? Maybe thinking outside the box isn't such a bad idea, but this doesn't really feel like you're thinking outside the box. It feels like you're thinking in the damp, musty corner of the box you just decided to throw out, but maybe let's just go and root around in there one more time before. It, well, this, this feels like the part in the episodes of Hoarders where they've managed to get some stuff out of the house to the curb, but the occupant of the house has now gone out to the curb and is going to start bringing stuff back in. It's like, damn, I thought we were making progress here. They're bringing that crap back in. Um, that's not fair to Ben Johnson at all. Well, I think what happened here was that Minnesota was thinking, you know, this is a guy who's going to do pretty much nothing to fix this program and who has a really good chance to flame out spectacularly I thought that Richard Patino was going to be a home run, so I'm going to inverse myself. I'm going to I'm going to go for the guy who I'm pretty sure is an infield fly. Because yeah. obviously, I was wrong about that other one, so I'm going to be wrong as shit about this. And the th like the other weird thing is like this, it didn't even, as far as I know, it didn't even really preserve the parts of the roster with preserve. Like, I don't think Marcus Carr or Jamal Mashburn Jr. have changed their minds about the transfer portal. Like they're still nope. losing the important players they had this year. So I just, I don't know. Um, looking at else, looking at other stops Johnson has had in his resume, he is a Minnesota native. Um, in terms of other regional experience, he had a year with Tim Miles, Nebraska. They were kind of fun for a minute there. Um, and he was also present for the Ali Farokmanesh years at Northern Iowa. So that's a mid-major throwback that'll age everybody a little bit. That was over 10 years ago now. Um, and he's also supposed to be a pretty good recruiter. So that helps, I guess. Still, so if your claim to fame is a single 
big upset in the NCAA tournament, then even as a head coach, that's a risky proposition, um, which like it kind of feels like Oregon State's head coach is going to be the next guy that that does that, <laughs> oh, right? Dude. That gets hired away somewhere. Like, I mean, Texas still could could get him uh, on the strength of a single run when like his entire body of work doesn't really suggest that he's the guy, but he sure did well this year. Illinois did the same thing with John Gross. He beat Michigan in the tournament. He then proceeded to go like like one and nine against Michigan. Um, if they won but, all his resources, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, they hired him. Even though he was like just barely above 500 in the MAC. well, hey, look, he had this tournament run. But if you're talking about stretching it so far back that like, oh, okay, he was present when Northern Iowa beat Kansas like – well, no, 10 years I'm, ago. Look, I'm not saying that that was a decisive or even major data point in their consideration. I'm just giving a little bit of background here. Well, yeah, I'm, well, you're, you're looking for something that they could be seeing here that makes you think, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Right, that's, right. you know what? Right. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything in his resume aside from spending here time? Here we go. With, that's the buy catalyst right here. <laughs> with, Boom. Aside from spending time with the head coach whose tenure just failed at your school. Yeah, is there, is there any God. other reason to hire him? I really don't see it. Um, that's I just, that's I, just I, I unbelievable. It. Like, I, I try to think of an analog for that. Like, uh, I mean. Not that not that's coming directly to mind. I mean, it, especially, like I said, hiring a guy whose main main point really on his resume is going to be that he was a helpful assistant in your just fired coach's tenure. So it, it's, a, it's like, that's a weird one. It's a weird one. I'm not saying it doesn't work out. I'm out of the coaching success prediction game. I'm just thinking like, what if we replaced Lovey Smith with like Hardy Nickerson? <laughs> right. Like that's, that's what it would be. Or it would, I mean. Or well, no, that wouldn't be, no. Like that dude that left for, that got poached by Temple. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh my God. I don't even. Thad Ward. What if we replaced Lovey Smith with Thad Ward? That's exactly what this is. Yeah, brother. And it's, it would be weird, wouldn't it? It would be He weird. did coin hashtag Liddyville. All right. So we're, we're going to talk about some, another weird hire, but one where you can kind of squint at and see what they're going for here. Indiana, by far the most prestigious coaching job available this offseason. I don't, I know Texas has money. Indiana's got the prestige. Um, they have decided to go the increasingly popular route of just hire the guy with deep roots, even though he hasn't done this job in forever thing. Um, they tab former Bob Knight era star Mike Woodson um, as their head coach. This is the guy who has been an assistant in the NBA for quite a while now, who, you know, initially I was like my impression of his, NBA tenure was more negative than it actually should have been initially. Cause I'm looking through, I'm like, yeah, you know, look what people will probably know him for most is that he was the head coach around the time of the Lynn sanity Knicks. Remember that? And he look, considering the others, the other track record of the New York Knicks this century that he dragged them to the Eastern conference semifinals. That, that was easily is, the high point. Yeah. That's no small feat. He had, but he ended up finishing with like a, I think like a 600 winning percentage there. And given the way the NBA hires retreads that he never got another head coaching job is a little surprising. 
Um, but anyway, he's been an he's, assistant. He's coach. responsible for one of my favorite sound bites that I have ever heard. And again, this is going to have me in post where I'm, I'm going to play this for you. Uh, you've Andrew has already heard it. Uh, the situation it here, yes, the situation here is the Knicks have a lead in the playoffs and 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 it's starting to evaporate and J.R. Smith travels and then gets teed up uh, arguing with the ref. And in J.R. Smith's defense, it was a bad traveling call. I've watched the replay of this like 10 times now. I don't see how he traveled. But, but anyway, this is how he reacts to getting teed up. So, or to J.R. getting teed up. Tell you what, a very lackadaisical start. Absolutely. So anyway, I'm obviously going to root for this guy. Just like, you know, God damn it, Donald made Peyton Manning like much more kind of relatable to me. All right. So if we're going to, if we're going to say it, you got to do it. You got to do it with feeling. God damn it, Donald. Um, so oh, no, yeah. I'm gonna do it. This was a god tier sound bite, and that alone is reason enough for me to hope that Mike Woodson has some success. Yeah, not too much. We're actually talking about a conference opponent here. Um, but you know, look, I'm just hoping that we can make this sound bite catch on to such an extent that you know, when one of their players does something dumb during a game, Indiana Twitter goes, uh, Trace, god damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah and so it's not so i was trying to think of an indiana player that wasn't in the transfer portal uh that's basically it indiana's also made the move of hiring thad mata as a basketball only assistant athletic director which Which is weird as shit i've never heard of that it well it is but i kind of like it in this situation because you really coaches a guy who has had no involvement with the collegiate game since he played um and again he played at Indiana the same time that Magic Johnson played at Michigan State. So um, he's, it's been a while since he was around the collegiate game. Um, the Thad Mata move, I think, probably gives us a higher probability of success on paper. The Thad Mata um, move, in my opinion, makes this uh, not quite a home run, but it bolsters every single weakness that you saw in yeah. the argument to hire him because Thad Mata, as a head coach at Ohio State, was very, very good at recruiting players that had NBA potential. Yeah, and I mean, between that, between his knowledge of how to recruit these guys and Woodson being able to credibly tell him, look, I've been around the NBA game for 40 damn years now. Um, I think that's a compelling pitch, although it's also worth remembering recruiting has never been Indiana's problem. Um, And the other thing is Woodson is 63 years old. So what's the ceiling here you, that for seven or eight years, he's equal parts, Jawan Howard and Herm Edwards. I mean, it's worked in a couple places recently as with the other teams that have new coaches because of the amount of guys that are in the transfer portal. He's got a perhaps unique opportunity with, again, the other thing is we kind of assume that pretty soon there's going to be a blanket transfer waiver granted so he's going to have a chance to basically construct whatever roster he wants without going through the usual new coach thing of, 
all right, well, now I got to start recruiting the guys who are in the 2024 class. And maybe by then I'll actually get a couple of the ones I want. In the meantime, I just do the best I can with the guys. That, no, he's going to have a chance to completely remake this team basically from top to bottom, which by the way, Ben Johnson and uh, Shrewsbury will also have that opportunity, but not with quite the cachet that Indiana has. So three new coaches in the league, um, you know, again, kind of a mixed bag of whether we can make sense of the hires or not, but it's the off season. So hope springs eternal. Indeed it is. And it's a, it's going to be a very chaotic off season. Um, we know that one dude's decision as to whether or not to take another year uh, hinges on a house of representatives ruling. You heard about this? No, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was uh, Jordan Bohannon. Um, his sixth year will depend on that NCAA uh, oh, name, image, image yeah, likeness yeah. ruling. Uh, man, you know, we've got we've got kind of a lengthy cut of beef in terms of length on this podcast, anyway. So I hesitated to get too much into it, but there were there were some oral arguments and you know questions from the justices on that case today and uh boy i wouldn't feel great about my odds if i was representing the ncaa right now yeah um the most notable thing though was uh this is now on the record of the supreme court uh clarence thomas referred to upper level schools such as quote alabama ohio state nebraska it is now part of the Supreme Court of the United States judicial record that Nebraska is an upper-level school, such as Alabama or Ohio State. Welcome to the conference, Nebraska. You finally made it. Your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off-tackle empire.